This is Monday Morning Meditations number 30 on the Rising Man Podcast with Jetty Azuma. Time for some sexual healing. Yeah. Welcome back, Rising Man fam. I'm your host and creator of the show, Jetty Azuma, and it's episode 30, people. Let's talk about milestones. Episode 30 of Monday Morning Meditations. I can't believe it. I feel like we just started doing the Monday Morning Meditations, but here we are moving forward. On a side note, I thought it was kind of funny. I I wrote this in and I was like, let me say something about the milestone. Why do we always treat like the even numbers as the milestones, the 30s, the 50s, the hundreds? I don't know. I just thought that was funny. But nonetheless, look at how far we've come. It's amazing. It, It all lines up with our biggest week yet. We've had more downloads this week than any week in the history of the podcast so far. So clearly the message is getting out there and I'm going to give a special thank you to all of you guys out there who've been sharing this up, who've been tuning in for the first time, who have been spreading the word to men and women all over the world about the Rising Man movement. It really means a lot. It's going a long way. Big shout out to all of my pack brothers who have been jumping in here. I know a lot of you have been jumping into the Rising Man podcast for the first time this week. So I uh, really appreciate you guys who've been jumping in and supporting. And a side message for any of you guys who are not yet shifting over to the pack Facebook group. This is where I'm directing all of our Rising Man audience because the conversations that are happening in this Facebook group are incredible. It's a branch off the tree of the Conscious Man Brotherhood, which was created by Preston Smiles, my dear brother, and from which I am also a founding father of. And I really believe in the dialogue that's happening there. All of the ancillary programs and opportunities that are coming through Conscious Man Brotherhood and everything that is being talked about inside of the pack. So make sure you take a moment and head over to facebook.com slash groups slash the pack brotherhood to become a part of that community today if you're not already there. And if you are, make sure you bring at least one or two brothers today because this pack is growing and we need more men involved. So when you guys listen to this, I will just have returned back from our second Elements Men's Initiation Weekend, and I am excited to give you guys an update, but I'm recording this right now the night before I head out there, so for all of you guys who didn't get to jump on board this time around, don't worry. We're going to be aiming at another third Elements Initiation Weekend happening sometime in mid to late August. I don't have a date for you yet because I'm about to have a baby this spring and there's a little bit of uncertainty around it. But as soon as I have a date, you guys will definitely hear about it. In the meantime, you can head over to rise.jettyazuma.com elements to sign up, to schedule a call with me, to see a little bit more about what elements is all about. All right. So topic for today, number 30, Monday morning meditations is porn, the bigger picture. All right, guys. So if you follow me on Facebook, then you may or may not have caught the live I did this week all about porn and how I believe it has impacted sex culture and sexuality for boys and men. And by proxy, all of us, really, we're all impacted by pornography and it has become a booming enterprise. I believe it's in the 
trillion, I don't know if it's trillions of dollars, but several billions of dollars are, are made annually in this industry. And this live that I did got so much engagement, I thought it would be really useful to continue the conversation here in the Rising Man podcast and to gear this conversation specifically towards the men, because there was a lot of men and women of all ages getting involved in the Facebook live. So for those of you guys who caught the live and heard what I talked about, you may hear some similar things, but this is going to be really directed towards the men, how it affects us, how it affects masculine culture and what we can do as rising men to impact it. So a little bit of a review for you guys who didn't catch it. There were some things that I shared and I want to start with what we know about porn and the impact that it's been having. So there's actually grounded research out there. There's a website called yourbrainonporn.com that has a ton of research and resources to review. And there's a couple of staggering statistics. So first of all, the first encounter for boys in the U.S. with pornography occurs at age eight. This is on average. Age eight is when boys are seeing their first pornographic images. It's crazy. And by the age of 11, on average, habitual viewing and accessing of porn is happening for boys. And I believe these statistics are here in the U.S. So age eight is the first contact. Age 11, it's a habit. So in those first formative years of life, especially those formative prepubescent into pubescent years, boys are learning about sexuality and intimacy through pornography. Okay, let's just hold on to that for a minute. So the other thing we know and can infer about this is that porn fundamentally impacts what we believe about sexuality and what we believe our sexual practices ought to be, and thus the sexual practices that we develop. So one of the major results that I see and the impacts I see is this directly leads to the objectification of women. So the example that I gave, how I drew it out on the Facebook Live, was when I go to the gym, and I just started going to the gym again, but when I go to the gym... I see, you know, that you see the women who show up and they're wearing the tight clothes and inevitably there's a few really attractive women walking around any given gym at any given time. And if you stand on one of the cardio equipment machines and you look around the gym, you see that there's a ton of men. All of them are tracking the most attractive women in the gym. And all of them are watching that woman from a distance. None of them are walking up to her. Maybe one or two will have a conversation with her. But for the most part, she'll walk through the middle of the gym and every man will check her out and at the very least know where she is, but have no interaction or engagement with her. So if we trace this back to pornography, think about what happens. When you go to look at pornographic images, you pull up your phone or your computer or wherever you watch porn and you pull up a screen that has an image of people who you don't know who you don't have any relationship with, you don't have hardly any backstory of, and instantly you're watching them do a very intimate and vulnerable act. And so this is how we discover intimacy. We learn that intimacy happens by witnessing it, not by participating in it, not by being a participant, not, not by having a long series of connections and conversations and opportunities to exchange before sex happens. So naturally, this has to be supporting the objectification of women that we have because all we know is that we can push a button and access really vulnerable and, and sexual images of women in an instant without having to do anything else, without having to do it the old-fashioned way by going out and courting a woman and taking her out on some dates and really connecting and then deciding to have a sexual conversation with this woman, right? So that leads me to my next point. It also has led to a failure for men and boys to develop courting skills. 
right? Because if by the age of 11, we are habitually watching porn and, you know, most people don't just watch porn to watch it. There's obviously masturbation, pleasuring, different sexual experimentation happening with the facilitation of porn. We fail to develop those courtship skills that we normally would develop by trying to ask girls out, taking them out on dates, having our first kiss, having our first sexual contact and, and, and feeling each other and, and, and then going from one stage of, of sex to the next, you know, the natural progression of things. We fail to develop these skills when we get our sexual satisfaction on a biological level by pleasuring ourselves to people on a screen that we don't have any relationship with. Fundamental issues there. Now, this naturally leads to one of the biggest problems I see. This pattern destroys the willpower and drive of men from a young age because it robs us of one of the biggest victories that we can ever have as men. The, the triumphant moment from the moment you have first attraction to a woman and you approach her, you muster up the courage to approach her, to be vulnerable and put yourself on the line, not knowing if she's going to be into you or not. And you make a connection and ask her out on a date. And then you take her out on your first date and you hit it off right away. And the conversation goes really well. And you take her out on another date and another date. And inevitably you have your first kiss and then you keep dating and so on and so forth over time, all building up to that first time that you engage in sex with this person. That is one of the greatest victories that a man can experience, not from a conquering standpoint, but from, wow, I really invested in a connection with somebody and it yielded this incredible result. There's no more fulfilling sexual experience than one that has been worked for and developed and cultivated over a series of time, over a series of connections. And because we can get the sexual satisfaction that we all crave as humans, but particularly in this conversation, boys and men, from looking at a screen and pleasuring ourselves for five minutes, it eliminates this opportunity we have to develop our courtship skills and thus to develop the willpower and drive to persevere in this particular domain of life, in the pursuit of a woman, in the pursuit of a mate. This is really big stuff, and I, I think it has far-reaching impacts, especially the millennial generation. You know, if you start thinking about how this all pertains to online dating and dating apps like Bumble and Tumble and Tinder and whatever they're called, just look at the connections at how we as a generation have been conditioned to have intimate relationships behind a screen. It has all of these influences affecting us, porn, the dating apps, social media apps, all of these new technologies that prevent us from genuine human connection. So think about that for a second. Let that land. And then let's think about how did we get here? Because I believe it goes all the way back to the fact that young people are starving for information and direction on sexuality. I know I was from a really young age. And I know that I'm not unique. Boys and girls start to wonder about sexuality the moment that our sexual hormones start to charge. Right. So sometime between the age of 10 and 14 is when all boys and girls are going to start feeling like, ooh, I've got some exciting things happening in my pants. Right. So when we start getting hungry for that information, we're looking for direction, just like we look for leadership and direction everywhere else in our lives. We look for mentorship when it comes to picking a career path. We look for mentorship when it comes to choosing where we're going to live, choosing how we're going to invest money. We look for direction from mentors in our lives. But we've had an absence of mentorship when it comes to sexuality. 
and health class barely covers the basics. So there's a huge, huge void here. And porn has been filling that for children. Porn has been filling that for young people, not just boys either. There's plenty of women who admitted during this Facebook Live dialogue we had that they've been looking at at pornography since they were the same age that the boys are because they're interested, because they're curious, and there's nobody who's teaching them these things. There's a generation of parents who, in majority, have avoided the topic of sexuality and intimacy with their children out of their own discomforts or fears that it would create some sort of raving sexual lunatic in their household, thinking that if we talk about sex, that it's going to make kids have more sex and be more sexually promiscuous. I know that was exactly the fear that my parents and my friend's parents had when they were avoiding having the conversations with us. And I can still remember, I still have those memories of that stage of life where I didn't want to have the conversation with my parents because they made it so awkward. I never got to see intimacy between my parents. They kept it all behind closed doors. If I didn't know that it took two people having sex to make a baby, I wouldn't even have thought that my parents had a sexual relationship. The most intimacy I would see is my dad giving my mom a long kiss in the kitchen once in a while when he came home from work and a nice hug. But that leaves a lot of room between a long kiss in the kitchen to sex to fill in the gap and to try and figure that out. And one thing we all have to admit is there is an irresistible biological itch that needed to be scratched and porn provided a portal for young people to witness and learn about sex. But let's think about this for a second. What has porn actually taught our young people about sex? Let's just look at it for a second. And I'm, and I'm painting some broad strokes here, but the majority of porn teaches us that a big dick is desirable and a big dick is the only thing that can really pleasure a woman. Sex is meant to be hardcore, rough, and all about the result. And by the result, I mean having an orgasm. That is the single solitary goal of sex when it comes to porn. And that there is not much courtship or romancing necessary before sex. Think about it, guys. Have you ever had a partner, a girlfriend, a wife, a lover complain about not having enough foreplay or romance before you try to start having sex? Come on now. We've all heard that. All of us, all of us men have heard that at some point in our lives. I want a little more romance. I need a little more sweetness, some more cuddling before we just have sex. I'm not ready to go all the time. Porn has taught us that that's not necessary because when you you start watching a porn video, they go from fully clothed people walking into a room together to naked and banging in less than 60 seconds. It's not real. It's not real. So let's shift gears and talk about what's possible here. And I believe these are my beliefs. Okay. I believe that we can create an open dialogue about sexuality and real genuine romance and intimacy with young people by starting to demonstrate it, by demonstrating what love and intimacy in our relationships can look like for young people to see. In my opinion, showing love and intimacy and playfulness and courtship in front of our children is not a bad thing. It's not going to make them want to be sexual. It's going to teach them what a loving and intimate relationship looks like, the full spectrum of love. They need to be able to witness that. They need to be able to learn to appreciate the full spectrum of love from the look in each other's eyes all the way through to having that sexual encounter. Otherwise, they have no idea what's going to fill that space. They'll have no idea. I think that we can also shift the culture away from a rough and aggressive version of sex into one of connection, one of honoring, and one of mutual pleasure. And I think that that's ultimately what will heal a lot of things in our, in our society. 
especially when we start talking about things like rape, talking about sexual abuse, hashtag me too, all of these inappropriate behaviors. I can't help but believe that this is connected to the conversation we're having here about pornography, about distant romance, about the lack of real genuine intimacy and relationships and genuine connection relationships. I have to believe that it's connected. And so for us men out there, let's take this on. Let's take it on as an opportunity. Let's take it on as a challenge to eliminate this part of our culture, this influence on us, if we believe that it's really not serving us. And again, this is just my perspective, just my opinion. I know there's plenty of research to back it up. And I'm not saying that all porn is even bad because there's a lot of different types of pornography. But I think at the bottom of all of it, there's an opportunity here. And for those of us who are committed to being the best men we can be, who are committed to embodying what a rising man is and what a rising man can be and what he's all about, I don't believe that pornography fits into that. And I think that there's a bigger impact and influence we can have on our culture by choosing these ways these ways of demonstrating love and intimacy, having these open dialogues with our children, demonstrating what love really looks like and practicing that with our partners. But it starts with us. It starts with each of us, starting with me, starting with you. So the action step for this week's Monday morning meditation is to commit to no pornography for 90 days. Bonus if you commit to no masturbation as well. We didn't talk about masturbation here. This was this was just focused on porn, but there's a whole bunch of other literature and research and beliefs out there about how masturbation influences sexuality. So maybe we'll save that for another episode. But bonus if you commit to no masturbation for 90 days as well. And for those of you out there who are really like concerned about what you'll do and how you're going to survive, don't worry, you won't die. You will survive. Uh, I did this once for nine months before I met my wife, and it was life changing. Honestly, life-changing. So commit to no porn for 90 days, no masturbation if you want to take it up a notch. Delete all the apps, erase all the videos, and block the websites so that you don't even have the possibility of accessing them. And then notice when you feel the urge to watch porn. What triggers the urge to watch porn? What were you doing when that urge came on? And what were you looking to avoid by watching porn and jerking off? And then You can find new avenues to release stress and expel the energy that you normally would spend on porn and masturbation by doing other things like going to the gym, reading a book, working on that creative project you've always wanted to do, learning a new instrument, whatever it might be. Find new, exciting, and creative avenues to release stress and express that energy that normally would go to porn and masturbation. And just see what happens after 90 days. Just see what happens. It's only 90 days. If, if you don't like this, you can go back to porn and jerking off for the rest of your life. But if you feel different after doing it for 90 days, maybe there's something there for you. All right? All right, fellas. If you want to discuss this and other topics in a safe container with a crew of conscious men, please join us for our next Rising Man Fire Circle. We're getting them started up again here in the new year. It's going to be on Saturday, January 26th from 3 to 4.30 p.m. PST. This is really where where we get to see each other face to face. And because we live in different parts of the world, this is the closest thing we can have to circling around a fire. So we get together, we connect, we share vulnerably about our experiences. There will be a topic of discussion and an opportunity for every man to share what is on his heart and to get support from men who really care. So... 
More information will be coming out about this, but mark your calendars Saturday, January 26th from 3 to 4.30 p.m. PST, that's Pacific Standard Time here in the U.S. And for those of you guys who are looking ahead to the next elements, we already have a waitlist developing. It's likely to be in mid to late August, so head over to rise.jdzuma.com slash elements right now to sign up and reserve your spot. I'm telling you guys, this third one is going to be bigger, badder, and better than even the first two. And I don't know how we're going to top that. So please head over there, check it out. It's an amazing experience and I'm really looking forward to bringing more and more men out into the wilderness this year. As always, please subscribe to the Rising Man podcast on the podcast app of your choice. Leave a review, leave some feedback. We love hearing from you guys and it also helps raise our ratings so that we can reach and connect with more men. So please do that. Always grateful for the contributions you guys make. Wouldn't be able to do it without you. Speaking of four men, I wouldn't be able to do it without big shout outs to my amazing power team, Sean Offenbach at Infinite Melodics, M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram, Rowan Tyne at Rowan, R-O-W-A-N-T-Y-N-E on Instagram, Mark Rose and Julian Subic, my four amazing men of the round table. You guys are <laughs> crushing it right now. It, you guys, I give you guys a lot of credit for why The Rising Man is really starting to take off. I really do. I mean that from the bottom of my heart and I wouldn't be able to do what I do without you guys and without the contributions of everyone else who's been supporting us through the Patreon network, which is something else I'd like to invite you guys to contribute to some, some place where you can help sustain The Rising Man podcast by making a financial contribution every month this is how we do what we do by having a team a community a tribe of supporters all united around the mission of enhancing and elevating what men can do and the masculine power bringing that masculine power back into the world in a good clean and conscious way so thank you to everybody every single one of you i'm just feeling so much gratitude in my heart i'm gonna cut myself off right now until next time rise up and claim your destiny Rise up.